0: You just made that's the Southwest Philly floater, man. Shout out to my cousin Burn. Shout out to my mom. BOA, Oh y'all, man. We out here Southwest! The Southwest Philly floater. That's the difference of the game.
1: 76-74. Explore nation. The time has finally come. We've received so many DMs, so many calls, so many texts, so many emails asking us to make a podcast about LaSalle men's basketball. And we've delivered. With me is Rich O'Donnell, and we are so excited to present to you the Gola Standard.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's the NCAA career leader in rebounds, uh, with almost 2,200. When he was there, LaSalle won the NCAA tournament in 1952. I think
1: that was on C-SPAN, maybe, (laughs) If if I do recall. That was, a, that was a quite the game.
0: Yeah. I I would I not know. <laughs> um back in the 50s, th- through the eighties and nineties, LaSalle had a pretty solid basketball program. Um they had some notable players like Kenny Durrett, uh Michael Brooks. They actually had um Lionel Simmons who's fourth in the N history in points with over three thousand points. Um and they also have a couple notable guys in Bill Rafferty and Tim Legler, um, who are very involved in college commentary. Him and, him, Raftery
1: and uh, Gus just kill it. I think that they're yeah. probably the best one two tandem in college basketball broadcasting. They've got it. Yeah. They've got it. Yeah they,
0: yeah, they work very, very well together.
1: And you said, wait a second. I got to do a spell check here. You said Rafferty. Come on. Rich, I mean, as LaSalle grats, it's Raf People don't realize that there's definitely difference.
0: Yeah, I'm the typical Philly guy who says like Jeffrey instead of Jeffrey, and uh, <laughs> grammar isn't <in> my forte.
1: <laughs> well, let's get it straight going forward, okay? The listeners deserve okay. accuracy,
0: okay? So that's <laughs> the positives about the goal arena going about the history, but currently in today's world 2020 obviously not the best world not the best uh not the best year uh, on planet earth but um Gola arena in terms of the a 10 uh, it's not really looked too highly upon in terms of arenas if you were to stack them I guess 1 through 14 you'd probably say that the Gola arena is probably down at the bottom what do you mean
1: man all right now we're getting off topic you're, you're saying Tom Gold Arena isn't the premier arena in the Atlantic 10 Conference?
0: Come on, man. Uh, uh, no. I mean, <laughs> come on. You can't be serious. <laughs> I mean, it's on the third floor. Like you said, uh, on the first floor is a pool. Um, it kind of is reminiscent of a high school gym. you know. It only has a 3,400 seating capacity. Um, and even with that limited seating capacity, compared to some of these stadiums and venues that have, I don't know, Seven to eight thousand people 8 to, seven to eight thousand capacity yeah, um, and even with that we don't even fill it up,
1: unless we have Butler coming to town,
0: in it's which true. case
1: we upset them in dramatic fashion. Those are the best games though. When this place is sold out, I really think it's one of the toughest places to play in the country.
0: Yeah, but uh, I feel like it's not, it's not too often you can say it's, it's filled <laughs> true, I mean, unless they play like a Villanova or a temple. Yeah. Then uh, the local people will come out and fill up the stadium. Yeah, it is what it but, is.
1: I mean, we we love it all the same. I would say, I it, mean, we we'll take it, and uh, yeah, you know, and and we'll deal with it. I mean, hopefully one day we'll get a nice big arena, but we're not gonna hold our breath.
0: Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> um, I feel like when you go to the games, I mean, the student section's kind of non-existent. Students aren't standing and screaming. Um, they're usually just sitting down, you know. When you go to college basketball games, when you see some of these bigger programs, you see a lot of these students, like hundreds and hundreds of them, standing the whole time. And with LSA, you don't really see that. You don't really see that. I mean, they only have about a ten-piece band. A lot of these schools have bigger bands. It's, it's not. I mean, it's not ideal. Not really what you see with some of these other uh, big-time schools.
1: Yeah, they used to pack it in with the. We we had the we had a really good showing. I mean, granted, we were pretty tough. We were pretty terrible in 09 and then pr- we got progressively better and progressively more and more students showed up. But I mean, we were there from the beginning. I just feel like yeah. that, that pep band and, and the student section was just incredible and it's, it's definitely gone. I mean, <laughs> it's so sad yeah. sitting across the way. And, and I feel like we're probably the youngest of, of the, the, the folks on the other side as well. I mean, I mean, unless you count the, the the high school teams in the pool below us, I mean it's really <laughs> it's really just us and then a bunch of uh, older alums,
0: yeah um, okay, so moving on, like that's kind of a definition of um, the goal standard, you know the positives being you know Tom gola was there, um, one of the I guess you can say arguably one of the best players college college basketball history, but kind of the negatives you see Tom Gall Arena, high school gym, um, not many fans really showing up on a consistent basis. So that's where, that's why we call it ourselves a Tom Gall standard. Um, So moving on um, while we're doing this podcast, like Dennis said, uh, I don't know if he mentioned this, but we both graduated from LaSalle in 2013 uh, the year we're very very passionate that's yeah that's like the year. 2013
1: probably the greatest year in LaSalle basketball history aside from the national championship and the NIT championship it's definitely in strong third place there and that's that's quite a few years in between <laughs> those happening so oh absolutely and when when absolutely. do you think I mean when honestly when do you think we're going to the sweet 16 again I don't know I hope it's next year I hope it's this year Watch out! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watch out! We're yeah. gonna do it. You never know. Yeah, you, never, you know. never know. You never know. But uh, yeah, I'm trying to be glass half half full here. But
0: yeah, I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, like I said, we both graduated from LaSalle in 2013. Uh, we met playing on this very court on the Tom Arena. Uh, very fitting. Yeah, we uh, don't have
1: a rec center, so that's uh, that's what we do. We play on the court. Uh, I felt like a you know a D1 NCAA athlete just working out playing basketball every day getting shots up the grind never stops
0: yeah i mean yeah i agree um like during our four years i feel like we're both part of kind of a cult not like a crazy cult but uh when we were freshmen our friend group there was around 10 of us we're usually only the 10 people standing in the arena not really exaggerating it was like the 10 of us like if you go into the arena like Dennis and I are holders, you'll actually see like the picture of the 10 of us. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. And it's actually still there to this day, which kind of shocks me that the picture's still there. But I kind of remind my, it kind of reminds me every time I, I walk into the arena.
1: I think I wore a cheese head for half. Day. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because
1: we were sick individuals. We, we went to every <laughs> game. It did not matter the opponent. Yeah. We went to like Charlotte. Like, I don't even think no. they're in the A10 now. Yeah, they're not in the A10 anymore. And we, we, we were standing and yelling our, our asses off.
0: No, we like we didn't discriminate, whether if it was um, Central Connecticut State <laughs> or or Villanova. You know, we were there through the thick and thin. That's right. Um, yeah, like, I mean, it was kind of cool to kind of see the highs and the lows of the program. I mean, we were through it all. And, um, you know, it was kind of cool to see it our senior year. I mean, they made a Sweet 16. Uh, we were able to get the whole student section um, standing by, I feel like, almost – a lot of that a 10 conference play, people were standing like every game. So it was kind of cool that we kind of built that foundation. Um, like I said, Dennis and I are very passionate uh, about LaSalle basketball. Um, some of our favorite times of going to college, we're definitely going to um, LaSalle games, especially the Big Five games when, you know, we have a rivalry with, you know, St. Joe's, Temple, Villanova, and Penn. Um, so making some of those rollouts against Temple and St. Joe's were definitely some of the better times that we've had uh, as students all the south. Absolutely.
1: We would definitely fill it up for for those city rivalries and, and some of those rollouts were pretty good, I will say. I feel like we could cook up some good some good verbiage, some good uh, some good jabs at, at the opponents and uh, obviously looking at current events and all the other things that could go along with it, sometimes we didn't talk about basketball at all. And I think some of the administrators no. gave us a side eye for that,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, that's kind of why uh we're doing this podcast. I mean, me and you are still uh very involved, you know, we're both season ticket holders for LaSalle. We go as many games we can, um despite not despite them may not having the best of teams, um but we're very loyal, and you know. By going to all those games, investing all our time, we thought it was a good idea to, you know, deliver a, a podcast. So this is why we're doing this. And um we hope to bring you this on a weekly basis. Lord willing.
1: It is t- 2020. There is the corona. But yeah, it's we'll 2020.
0: See. That's a good point. We'll see. we'll see how much of a season they play. Yeah, I feel like there's one big asterisk I
1: mean, for this whole podcast. It's but true. I mean, we we, we got to remain positive. There's a lot of teams that are, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with stuff right now. LaSalle hasn't had any issues so far. Lock, knock on yeah. wood. So, Knock on wood, um, yeah. But one one aside I'd like to make is that Rich and I have this this sick fantasy of LaSalle winning the A-10 championship. It's like – Yes, I'm glad you brought like that up. It's like up there with the Super Bowl. Like winning a Super Bowl or no, absolutely. A, absolutely. you know, I don't know, a World Series. Like, for, we oh, have think, this thing going on. Like, yeah. it's never – ever happened we have ne- uh, like aside from 2013 we've never had a year where we felt like we could beat anybody in the A-10 and every time the A-10 tournament rolls around we're like a first or second round exit like every single time
0: yeah it's like every year I don't know how how many years LaSalle has been in the Atlantic 10 conference but if I was to look at um, and do some research see the furthest round they make, I think the most. I think maybe they've won two games, maybe a couple times out. Maybe fifteen or twenty years they've been in the conference, but like then it's not our hopes for them to to bring home an A ten title. But it's it's been a struggle because usually one like, like every year it's kind of their a one and done. Yeah,
1: if we ever win the A ten, I'm gonna I'm gonna go absolutely bonkers. I'll be on the court. Yeah. In that photo that they always take with the mascot and everything. It'll be probably yeah. top five moment of my life, <laughs> which is which is you know a little weird. I understand. But this is LaSalle. That's high praise. This is LaSalle men's basketball. This is our lives. Come on, people. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get hype. This is our year. This is our year. Next year is our year. We're gonna become an Atlantic 10 powerhouse. It starts right now.
0: Well said. <laughs> we used to have Dr. John Genie as our head coach. Uh, but now we're in season three with Ashley Howard. You know, Dennis, he's in his third season. You know, he's got two recruiting classes on their own. You know, um, I really like where he has the Explorers.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, obviously, the whole mentality here is, I mean, he, he won two championships with Nova. So we're going to call the LaSalle Explorers like villanova light. Well, I mean, I don't praise. like to say it, but. I mean, that's the goal here because obviously this isn't the Big East. We're we're just trying to get, get these three stars, trying to get some guys that can play ball, and we'll be here for four years and, some, and people that can just grow. And, and Ash is definitely like a guard whisperer in that sense. Um, so I guess we should start with the guards.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not the Big East, but I feel like the A-10 is a pretty good conference in its own. I mean, I know you oh, don't have sure. the same kind of, but I feel like there is some – very good teams in this conference and there's definitely a good amount of competition that are ahead of the explorers
1: for sure. For sure. I, I, I think there's no better guy than, than Ashley for this job. And, and we're going to see that we're going to see these players develop. Like I, I know that, um, there's going to be growing pains and, and the past two seasons have definitely indicated that I think we started off with like, zero and 10, uh, last season Something like that, until, yes. we play, until we played a tournament against, uh, Alabama A M and, uh, <laughs> A few other guys. So, I mean, All obviously, those heavy hitters. yeah, obviously this is going to be uh, a slow burn, but it's great to see progress. And I think we have some progress in, in these guys.
0: Okay. Uh, moving on, I feel like our main contributor, you know, is David Beatty. He's a senior. Uh, he transferred a couple years ago from South Carolina. He averaged a little under 11 points a game last year. I feel like toward the end of the season, you know, he was really starting to show that he was leader of the team. Um, even he's, a though he's, a, yeah, he's, he's a Philly, Philly guy. Yeah, he's a Philly guy. I think he's from Intertip Charter. Yep. Um, you know, he's going to be taking on a leadership role with LaSalle graduating, Saul Peary and Isaiah Dees. Um, I know I feel like Dees was one of your favorite players.
1: He definitely was. Only because he could get his own shot. Okay. And I feel like there aren't many players on the squad that can get their own shot right now. I mean, that's to be seen this coming season. But I think that Beatty is, is the guy I, I would be comfortable with him having the ball the last five seconds of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, everyone else I'm really not sure about. I feel like everyone else relies on on a team, team ball aspect. But And that, that's good in college. You know, you want that team aspect. But there are times when you want a bucket getter. And I think David Beatty is that bucket
0: getter. Yeah, I feel like LaSalle didn't really have that last year, that kind of go-to scorer um, that we think B D can be this year. But I, I really like his makeup and the way he plays. I feel like he plays a lot of grit, um, a lot of toughness.
1: Um, oh, for sure. He leaves it all on the floor. That's yeah, that's for definitely. Sure. He, he, I think he definitely a lot shows of heart. out for the city. Yeah, he shows out for the city. He's yeah. like always, He's always tough. giving it all. Yeah, and yeah. I really do appreciate that.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, the next guy I'm going to talk about is Scott Spencer. Uh, he's a senior as well, uh, transferring him from Clemson um, a couple years ago. Uh, last year, I think he was up there in three-point percentage uh, in the A-10, almost shooting it a little under 44%, which is pretty good. Um, I think he's going to be a really big part of this team. He averaged around nine points a game last year. He's going to be um, relied on heavily.
1: Yeah, one thing I wanted to see more of them last season was uh, more plays ran with Scott. Like, I wanted yeah. him to be, uh, I mean, this is a high high praise, but I wanted him to be like the Clay Thompson of the offense. Like, let's get him through, like, three or four screens on every possession. Yeah. Tire out the man guarding him. Because if he gets, a, it's a, like, an inch of space, he has a pretty good chance of making a three. So I yeah, really I mean, think yeah. they need to incorporate his shooting abilities into the system. And they, they, Ash hasn't really done that yet. I, I know that that's, like... It's obviously, you know, it's tough to to call him out on that, but I feel like that's one thing that I I would love to see an improvement on this coming season.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think Scott definitely has the talent. I think he can really shoot at a high clip. I'd like for him to – for play more plays to be run for him. Yep. Um, I agree. Um, moving on, next two guys I kind of want to talk about are kind of X-Factor type of guys. We don't really know – we're going to get on this year. Uh, the first one is uh, transferring him in from Indiana, Clifton Moore. And the second one is Jack Clark, who's been banged up a lot. Uh, he's a redshirt sof- sophomore. He's been hurt a lot uh, the last couple of seasons. Yeah. The, to-
1: the silver lining with Jack is that we saw him almost put the team on his back against Villanova at the Plustra. Um, we definitely have seen – uh, you know, blips of, of really incredible play out of him. I really expect him to take uh, a step forward um, and and be the guy that we think he can be. We've seen glimpses now. Uh, Clifton, on the other hand, I haven't seen a damn thing. Like we haven't. Yeah, seen I don't anything. know what to expect from him. He, he must have been on the bench. He must have. I think he averaged maybe like three or four minutes a game, or was that three yeah. points a game? I really don't know. I really don't have any stats on him. I'm trying to get get some videos. If anyone can just DM me some. Some footage of him playing. Uh, I think it was in or he- Horsham area. Um, if if you guys got any footage, please send it my way because I need to break down Clifton Moore. I need to I need to get some answers.
0: Yeah, I really feel like I mean these two guys are big X factors for LaSalle. Um, I'd like to see what kind of skill set uh, Clifton Moore brings. I mean he's a six ten guy around two hundred forty pounds. Um, LaSalle kind of really doesn't have like that many big men so for him to step up i think they say he's a three and D type of guy i'd like to see him play but i mean indiana transfer i mean my hopes are kind of high for him this season um also jack clark the brief stint that he's played um and the goal for the explorers i did i would really saw i really like what i saw and i mean if he can stay healthy i think he can uh, be a really big piece for the squad
1: do you think they're both going to start the season like first game of the season
0: uh, that's a great question
1: I really don't know I'm I'm if I feel like maybe they're going to be eased into it a little bit um only because to, they got to give you know I think one of them will
0: proper. start I think one of them yeah. will start okay yeah I, I think one of them will start if you were to ask me right now who's going to be a starring lineup I'd say Beatty Spencer I'll say Christian Ray Oh yeah, we've got to break him down
1: next. We gotta break yeah, down Christian. Yeah.
0: A little tease. Um <laughs> I'll say I'll say Hakeem and then I'll say Clifton Moore.
1: All right. I like that. I like that lineup.
0: Okay. Um so moving on to uh Christian Ray, and I'll throw Jared Kimbrough in there as well. Um we'll talk with these two guys next. Um, I mean Jared Kimbrough really was thrown into a big role last year as um Ed Croswell who took up a lot of the minutes yeah at center was kind of thrown in that role so I'm kind of curious what kind of role he'll have on the team this year with uh Ed Croswell leaving
1: yeah that was a big loss and and obviously I think Jared has has handled it quite well we upset St. Bonaventure um we we definitely had a great ending to the season despite Ed's departure so I think uh Jared will, will definitely hold his own as he did in the in the latter half of last season. Um, him and Christian Ray, there's, this is one thing I've found both of them to be like. They're like our bring your lunch pail to work kind of guys. Like they're gonna grind it out. I don't mm-hmm. expect them to be flashy and and no and, not at and, all. and you know the scoreboard light up with uh, you know points. But I do expect them to get boards. I expect them to be on the ground chasing after loose balls and I expect them to be taking charges and just doing those little things that make a difference.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I really feel like, like you said, you made a lot of good points there and I feel like both of them, both of them actually play bigger than they are. I mean, Kimber is only six, eight. I thought he was like six ten. I mean, and um, Christian Ray, six, six, they both play a lot bigger than they are. You'll see them get a lot of rebounds. Like you said, they're really gritty. They're really tough. Um, they're not going to be relied on too heavily to score. They're more of uh, defensive oriented players, but I feel like they're still kind of key pieces of what Ashley Howard wants to do uh, yeah. for the explorers.
1: For sure. I was expecting um, Christian to have a bit of a shot coming into the season or last season, but he hasn't developed that yet. No, um, So that would be a pleasant surprise. If he can knock down the three ball, that would just be honestly, an addition, I'm, I'm not expecting that, but I would, that would be a pleasant surprise. Um, and then additionally, I know that, um, Ashley was on, on a conference call and he, he, or no, it was actually the podcast, the LaSalle athletics podcast. They cover more than just LaSalle men's basketball. Uh, And, and they were talking about the Explorer club, which is, uh, you know, if a player really shows out in practice and does all the little things right, he'll wear a uh, silver Jersey. And I'm definitely counting Christian Ray in there as a multi-time Explorer club winner. If I I can uh, see that, I can definitely see that.
0: I can definitely see that with the way, um, He's wired. He's a really hard-working kid. Um, definitely, you say he brings that lunch pail um, every single day. That's right.
1: That's right. We need those guys. That yeah. is Villanova light. Those guys are going to be on the ground. They're going to be fighting for us, man.
0: Um, <laughs> moving on to um, two D.C. guys, both sophomores, um, Andy Akeem and Sharif Kenny, both of these guys were um, – Freshman last season. Um both of them show a lot of flashes of potential. Um, I feel like especially Andy Hakeem, where he's kind of like a lightning bug. I mean, both of these guys kind of can be kind of turnover prone. That's where I think they have to do most of their work. Yep. Um to kind of fix those kind of issues. But they definitely show a lot of flashes um for the explorers.
1: Definitely. I like how you called Hakeem lightning bug. That that might be a new nickname for him. I personally have called him uh mighty mouse i feel like Ayende is just like tenacious like yeah. he can change the game i think that literally we are going to live and die by Ayende hakeem if that man can keep the turnover turnovers down he will facilitate the entire game he will command respect i believe because he can penetrate and kick out he can find the layup And he, he, he just, he exudes all the qualities of a leader. Like that is exactly who Ash is talking to every time down the floor, when someone's taking free throws, Ash is talking to Ayinde. They're talking to each other. He's coaching them up. The guard whisperer is in play right now. They are whispering to Ayinde for sure. For sure.
0: Yeah. um, Also, I mean, Sharif, the other guy from DC, we were talking about uh, he definitely showed some flashes at times but I feel like other times he wasn't there. I'd like for him to be a, a lot more consistent because I feel like he could be a good two guard um, going forward with, I mean, Akeem in the point. I could see Sharif playing the two. I mean, he can handle the ball too. For sure. Um, but I, I'm I,
1: honestly thinking ahead. Sharif could be like a, a, like our, our sixth man. Um, I could see maybe that. even make his way onto a few starting lineups. Um, but I can see him being like, kind of like that if instant offense, like that's, that's what I envision him to be, because I think he can get his own bucket. That's pretty
0: like, well said. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I think he's proven like he's next up to be like that bucket getter that we want. Um and, and I hope he gets there. But for now, I'm gonna tab, you know, put him in as as a the sixth man for sure.
0: Okay. Um before we before I get to the freshman, I just wanted to not last but not least, um, I want to talk about Brian Stone. Uh he he was also um uh, he's the fourth sophomore besides uh A Sharif. And Christian Ray. Um, he showed flashes last year. I feel like I I was really impressed with the progress he was making early in the season. Um but then he kinda kinda plateaued. I feel like he didn't get um his lion's share of minutes compared to the, some of the other freshmen last season. But um I'd like to see what he's got last year and kinda I'm interested to see what kind of role he has on the team he has on what kind of role he has with the team.
1: Yeah, I think he's got versatility. I was gonna mention that um, when he first came out on the scene, I was like, this guy's pretty calm under pressure. Like, he didn't he didn't play like a freshman, so I, I like that he has that calm um, calm demeanor. Uh, he can he can shoot, he can get layups, and he can defend because he's pretty lanky and pretty tall. So I yeah. think he's going to be a nice asset as as the uh, second wing, as, as as just another group to bring on. Um, He's definitely committed. I I think that he's exactly what we need on, on the bench to come off the bench and just be like that guy that can supply minutes when we when we least expect it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like if he can give us some key minutes, you know, if Kim Rowe or um, Clifton Morgan foul trouble, hopefully he can give us a few key minutes, kind of spell those guys. Well, maybe they need a, I don't know, like a water break, whatever they need to spell them in foul trouble. Um, hopefully, he could step up and be that guy.
1: It's great that we're talking about our like our bench as like contributing factors because I feel like it's been a while since we've had a really solid bench. I think we could have a really yeah, solid I bench agree. this
0: season. I hope so. I mean it's that's not even um talking about the freshmen. You right. know, um, we got Darius Ward, six six four six six guard from Philadelphia, Almar Gill, six four guard from um DC. Um, Jameer Brickus, six eleven guard from Coatesville, and then Tegra is a um a six ten center. So I'm not really sure what these four freshmen can contribute, but I feel like anything they can really give to the squad will be an added bonus.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think the guy to watch is well, for me it's Jameer Bricas because of his his record breaking high school career in Coatesville. He had uh, he broke Rip Hamilton's record, just you know. Rip Hamilton, no big deal. So no big deal. Yeah, I'm expecting uh, Jamir to to score um, and also bring out some bring out some of the Philadelphians out to to see him play. That that should fill up the Tom goal a little bit more. Maybe maybe we'll see a solid mm-hmm. arena once COVID's over.
0: Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah.
1: Right. He's yeah. might be the people's champ. I'm Ch- gonna I'm gonna tab that as his name.
0: Change the stigma.
1: jameer brickus is the people's champ. I'm gonna call him that right now
0: yeah (laughs) okay
1: but yeah other than that i would say the other freshmen i'm really eager to see how they can contribute um any kind of minutes this early would be great like coming into the season if i can see tegra come in and and bolster the, the front court um if i can see some ball handling out of ward gill and jameer um that'd be awesome to see
0: yeah all right i mean there's the player breakdown um in our next segment, we will talk about the non-conference slate. Um, LaSalle is supposed to play eight non-conference games. Um, Lord, we'll break willing. That down. Yeah, <laughs> Lord willing. Yeah, Lord willing, Lord able. Um, so we'll be breaking that down next. Awesome.
1: Well, Rich, the road to the undefeated season starts right now. We've got St. John's in Queens, New York. November 26th, the first game of the season. It's not going to be a cakewalk, that's for sure.
0: No, not at all. Opening up against St. John's, Thanksgiving. Um, It's nice to have some college hoops um, earlier in the day. I'm not sure what time the game's at, but I assume it's probably in the afternoon sometime. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have the trip to Um,
1: fan flowing through my veins. I'm going to be all up on turkey.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, given this year, I mean – an interesting way uh, to start off the year, um, college basketball season. Hopefully, we can get through. I mean, first game. um am we can get through the whole season uh, s- seamlessly. Yeah, but uh, to go
1: up to New York, that's another COVID hotbed right now. So I'm I'm yeah. a little nervous about this trip. It is it is a two day uh, trip. There's there's a it's a basket, It's a, it's a literal tournament. So we're going to be playing St. John's and St. Peter's both in the same location. So as long as we practice good quarantine. Uh, maybe they sneak me in for the game or two to watch, but uh, as long as, you know, they, they keep those doors locked for, for everyone else, but me, um, it should be as safe and, and everyone should hopefully stay healthy.
0: Yeah. I'm curious how St. John's is going to be this year. Um, they're coming off a seven, 17 and 15 record um, where they're only five and 13 in the big East. Uh, they, they lose their two leading scores and, L.J. Figueroa to Oregon, and Mike Heron graduated. But they do return Rasheem Don, who averaged around 20, 12 hmm. points a game, and Julian Champagne, Champagne <laughs> uh, who averaged
1: <laughs> – Is that Champagne. a Philly accent? Is that, is that what yeah. you say? Champagne, yeah.
0: okay. I was like, excuse me if uh, I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> um, he averaged around 10 points a game. But they also had a couple uh, Juco players who John Rothstein – said uh, look out for so I think St. John is, is going to be a pretty tough opponent pretty good opponent for LaSalle to lead off their season against I think they're going to have their hands full yeah. um, um I think LaSalle um it's going to lose me by t- 12 points I think the Johns are too the Johnnies are a little too much um for LaSalle to handle in this first game I think uh the Red right Storm, we're going to be ready uh, for the Explorers.
1: Yeah, I think if John Rothstein can somehow get into this game, LaSalle will win. If John Rothstein is locked out, LaSalle will lose. <laughs> that's just my thoughts. That That's my in-depth analysis. No, but seriously, I think that this team, Saint <laughs> when you think about it, St. John's just has more scores, whether that was from Juco World or uh, just on the roster currently. Uh, I, I just don't know if we have enough – David Beatty's to, to beat uh, the St. John's team, especially if we cannot handle their court, their on court pressure, like in the, in the front court. So um, yeah, I, I can see this being messy. Although if John Rothstein's there, I mean, you never know.
0: Never know. Um, yeah. I just want to add one more thing. I'm just very curious to see how, what's um, kind of handles that press. Um, I know they have a lot of talented guards, like a and Beatty and others but I'm, I'm curious um, how they handle that press. I feel like that'll determine how they're going to fare against St. John's. Yeah. Um, moving on to the second game. This game was originally a to be determined uh, for that tournament. We found out, I think, yesterday. Tons um, a of breaking
1: we're, news: St. Peter's
0: Peacocks. <laughs> yep, we found we found out they're playing St. Peter's. Um, so they're coming off an eight twelve record overall um in the Mac. They actually finished second place in the conference last year. Um, they returned three of their leading scores, three of their four leading scores from a year ago. Um, but their I think their second leading score, he transferred to Oregon. Kinda weird that um, out of the first two teams, St. Peter, St. John's, they both had someone go to work Everyone loves the ducks.
1: That is weird. <laughs> what is up yeah, with Yeah, that, that is that? weird. It must be the unis, I don't know. But they have like 35 different uniform combinations or something. I That's doubt great. the Peacocks. Yeah. But, you know, if there was a team that should have 35 uniform combinations, it should be the Peacocks. They should have some really colorful uniforms.
0: Yeah, all the different shades of blue. Yeah.
1: Well, I just think that their plumage is incredible. Why is that not reflected in their jerseys? They should not just be blue. I For that reason – we're going to roll. Uh, I'm sorry. That's just my thoughts that they, they just don't have a good designer on their team. Like they, <laughs> they need a graphic designer to nail it. The Peacocks. Come on. If your name's the Peacocks, you got to keep players there. You got to have 35 uniform combinations, just like Oregon.
0: Yeah, it would be uh, very interesting. Um, so the last time LaSalle played, um, the Peacocks was the 2017, 2018 season. Um where LaSalle won by twenty one points, sixty one to forty. No but we pace by no. Uh <laughs> so when LaSalle had BJ Johnson and Pookie Powell, um two guys who were um I'd say pretty pretty good players for the program. Yeah. I for mean sure. It'd be nice for a guy this year to kind of step up and kind of have the impact that one of those two guys had. Um yeah. that's
1: the name of the uh, game I, this season. Is like who's gonna be the guy that can step up? Who's gonna be absolutely. the guys that can get us buckets? Like I mean BD had 10 points per game. I think that's that's what he averaged, like 10 points per game. That's obviously yeah. going to increase, but there's going to be a lot of slack for the other guys to pick up.
0: Yeah, I'm curious what that points per game will increase to. If I was to guess now, I think that'll probably be around 13 to 14 points per game.
1: Yeah. So what do um, you got here? Do you think we're beating the Peacocks?
0: Yeah, I, I think we're going to win pretty easily. I'll say um, a 12 to 15 point victory.
1: I think it's going to be closer than we think. Really? Yeah. The plumage is going to be out. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm an, I'm done with the peacock jokes. Let's move on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on. Um, to December second, uh, in DC, LaSalle plays Howard. Um, last year Howard only finished with four wins. Um, not that many teams finished with less uh, in Division One last year. Not a good look. Uh, no, then not at all. Um, hopefully, I mean. Um, Howard does have a pretty big piece coming in—a stud freshman, um, Maker Maker, a five-star, six-eleven center who had offers from Blue Bloods like Kentucky and Kansas.
1: That was a blockbuster move. I, I do recall oh, when, when he committed. I mean, that was like that. I, I'm not sure if he was the catalyst or if there was another player, but there was a few other players that did decide to go to HBCUs um, during or after uh, Maker Maker went out. So. That's a big move, and, and I don't Absolutely. think this will be a cakewalk.
0: Uh, I mean, I'm curious what else looks like. I mean, they bring back a couple nice pieces. and Senior Kyle Foster, who averaged around 10 a game, and um, sophomore Wayne Bristol, who averaged 12 and a half points. Um, but I mean, I think they're, I still think that LaSalle's too talented, and I, I predict a, a double digit win here.
1: I can see that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you there, Rich.
0: Okay, <laughs> so now, all right. So right now, I have them at two and one, um, so far in this in their third game. Uh, so where are you at? I'm uh, two and one. Like, yeah, where I are also you at? got
1: two and one. Our our loss coming um, at Saint John's.
0: Okay, moving on from Howard on December sixth, LaSalle takes a trip down Broad Street and plays a familiar foe in the the Temple Owls. Who? Um, <laughs>
1: I feel like it's a tough time every time we go down to to the chorus Center. Like I'm always weary. I I I I demand explore wins. Like it's a rivalry game. We need to beat them every year. I feel like we stack up better than them on paper, and every year we lose. Yeah, somewhere. it's never an
0: easy task. But yeah,
1: it's it's ridiculous. Like this season, I think that they're in a major rebuilding period. Like they were one of the worst teams in the AAC. So I I'm expe- like I said, I'm expecting a big Explorer win, but it's going to be close and it's going to be annoying and we might lose.
0: Yeah. Uh, like you said, I feel like a lot, it's like sometimes on paper, when we play temple, the Ghana this looks like a win, but it doesn't usually pan out that way. I mean, in the past they've had a lot of go-to players. I mean, like Quentin Rose, Shazelson, Obia the last three years. Um, but I mean, I feel like every single season, um this is definitely one of the more anticipated games in the big five. I mean, it's a shame that we're not going to be able to witness it in person uh, this year. I mean, in school, you know, every year, most years we play Temple, we would have rollouts and they were very highly anticipated. Yeah,
1: they were. That was a good game. I, I, during the Sweet 16 era, like that was just and incredible Those games are great. They were yeah. great. Yeah, and we packed the house. I feel like the energy – Will be there among the players like that. Coaches coach them up. They they make sure that they understand the the implications and the bragging rights. Even, oh, though, we're playing, even yeah. though we're not playing, even though we're we're not playing Villanova this year, which is a travesty. Um, Jay Wright's absolutely scared. Um, but that that you know that's just the world we live in. They they'll they'll get them up. I think it'll be fun. And and I I'm gonna let's let's be positive here. We'll explorers role. Explore explorers role big. They figure it out. We play to our strengths and they are confused the whole game.
0: Okay. Okay. I mean, uh, like you said, uh, temple, I feel like they lose a lot of key players. Um, they're very, very young. I mean, they lost the Pierre Louis brothers, uh, and Josh, uh, this temple team. I feel like it's going to have a couple of years of growing pains. Um, Darren McKee, the coach, I mean, he's in the second season now. I mean, they don't have friends up in the sidelines anymore. Um, we know, but he's still in the bleacher somewhere. He will definitely
1: be up there. He will definitely <laughs> somewhere be up there. up there. He'll be attending every game. Kudos to him for, for showing up no matter yeah. what. I feel like he, he, but but it is interesting that he sits up at the top. I know that's kind of yeah. like his thing. Like he wants a different vantage point. Yeah. Um, but it, I feel like it's kind of like, hey, just come on down to a club box, man. You've earned it.
0: Like yeah, you've earned I mean, your respect. I mean, I, I feel like. I mean, that says a lot about Fran Dunphy. I mean, not a lot of head coaches would do that. I feel like he's the one you've seen actually go to um, see his team play after he's not coaching anymore. But that just shows how much he loves the game. I mean, he was a Sal alum. Um, You know, he coached Penn for all those years. But I feel like that just says a lot about Fran Dunphy. But um, going back to this game, I I think LaSalle is going to win me by eight, ten points. Um, I feel like Temple just doesn't have the experience, though. They're very, very young. They don't uh, have a lot of uh, key scorers coming back from last year. Um, I'll say LaSalle went this one. So through the fourth game, I'll say uh, LaSalle's 3-1 and one now.
1: I agree. I mean, I, I was hoping we would have some sort of differing uh, record so far, but so far we're on par with each other. So I'm a little annoyed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buck the trend this next game.
0: Okay. Um, so... In chronological order, the next game would be against UMass Minutemen. Oh, that's right. Um,
1: that's a good point. I totally you about that. Um,
0: uh, because, of, because of COVID scheduling. So we're going to hit – so we're not going to talk about UMass in this podcast, but um, our next podcast, we're going to talk about the first nine non-conference A-10 games. So that's when we will talk about that game. So it might be a little out of order, but this definitely makes the most sense uh, – and if you want to hear about that UMass game, uh, it'll definitely, we'll be talking about that on the next podcast.
1: All the Minutemen fans are so angry with us right now. <laughs> they were expecting a full scale breakdown. Trey Mitchell versus the Explorers. Sorry, you're going to have to wait. All
0: right. Moving on um, to December 12th, LaSalle plays Drexel and University City. This will be one of three straight games against teams in the CAA. Um you know, Dennis, it feels nice to play Drexel. You know, this will be the seventh straight year that um, LaSalle plays the Dragons. Um,
1: we've had their number too, I think.
0: Uh, I mean I, we're both this will actually be we're three and three so far in the six oh, meetings.
1: Jeez. I'm all right. So I stay corrected.
0: Okay. You're fine. Um so we three and three we're three and three in those meetings. So this will break the tie this year. Um I mean I like playing the the dragons. I mean, it's another kind of close venue. We've been there a few times um at the DAC.
1: I would love that arena. I, I know people would laugh, but I would take the DAC any day of the week.
0: Yeah. I feel like that's not like a super huge upgrade over what we currently have, but it does have um, seat thumbs of the basket, which, which we currently don't have. Um, it definitely be a nice, nice addition.
1: Yeah. Listen, man, I said what I said, give me the DAC. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's going to be a good matchup. Um, last, last year. Uh, I feel like we, we had a pretty strong lead. They came back. Um, Ayende was incredible. And our, our offense was clicking. I feel like we got in the paint quite a bit and uh, dominated in, in several ways. We just couldn't hold the lead. We ended up winning, but um, I think they're going to be uh, have revenge on their minds this game. So I think it'll be a little bit closer. I've, I've got the Explorers winning, though.
0: Yeah, I I do as well. Like you said, last year they had a lead up to 20 points at one time, and they only won by eight. I feel like that's kind of explored basketball. I feel like that happens a lot. Um, Unacceptable. We're never going to go
1: undefeated with that mentality. No,
0: no, not at all, not at all. And you'll learn from those experiences. Hopefully this will be the year they learn from that. Um, But last year, Speedy, Spencer, and a and all scored in double digits. And I really think I see that happening again this year. But Drexel still return. They return three double-digit scores, in Cameron Windsor, Zach Wall, and James Butler. Not Jimmy Butler. I mean, that'd be nice. I mean, <laughs> but um, I predict another win. So now I got LaSalle four and one.
1: Do you think they call him Jimmy Butler? They might. I mean, they might. I- I'm going to be keeping my ears open on the feed if if they are yelling Jimmy. I think I they but- should. If they don't, they, buy should. Them, they definitely should. I'm going to make sure they do it. I'll, I'll tweet them. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So that same same thing. Um, uh, Four and, Four and one. Unfortunately, I know I said that I was going to buck the trend, but uh, we're just the rays of sunshine here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, moving on to game two in the CAA gauntlet, LaSalle goes to play Towson in Maryland on December sixteenth. Um, this will be LaSalle's fourth meeting against Towson in the last six seasons, where LaSalle is one and two. So they're looking to even um, the series against the Tigers. That one victory was Ashley Howard's second career head coaching win. Well,
1: that was that was a brutal season too. The first oh, two seasons was... of Ashley's career have not been great, but obviously we'll turn it around.
0: Yeah, uh, the Towson Tigers are coming off a 19 and 13 season, which they finished third in the CAA with a 12 and 6 conference record. Um, they lose, they lose their top three scores from last year, but. They do bring in um, Redshirt Senior from New Mexico, Zane Martin, who came from Newman-Garetti, a fellow uh, Philadelphia school. Um,
1: PCL, baby, the PCL. (laughs) Uh, And aside, for those of you that don't know, maybe there's some A-10 schools that don't don't have really good, strong city basketball programs. The Philadelphia Catholic League is one of the strongest city basketball leagues in the country, and Newman-Garetti is one of those teams that usually makes it to the finals, and we pack the palestra for the championship against like what like a roman roman catholic or archbishop would it depends but i feel like newman garetti is a mainstay
0: and a uh, they're a, yeah they're a really good program on the pcl they developed a lot of guys um a lot of good guys going to pretty good schools i mean we've had we're lucky to have Tyree return he was i mean a big piece of that uh 2013 2016 run and also a couple years before that um uh, Earl Pettis, he also went there, but I mean they've produced some some really good players. Um, it's kind of funny, Zane Martin. Uh, he's a transfer um, for Towson in his fifth year. Like I said, come from New, New Mexico was pretty funny. He actually spent his first two years at Towson. They went to New Mexico and then it's back at uh, Towson. You don't really see that too often.
1: That's like homecoming. He's gonna have yeah, a homecoming. Yeah, if we don't see that. Um, he's definitely familiar he's definitely familiar uh, with the program
0: (laughs) absolutely Um, so they get him back with uh, a couple transfers one from USC and one from San Diego Um, and they also bring in a guy from the very famous high school of Oak Hill Academy in Derek Jones Jr Um, I think LaSalle wins this one but uh, I think it's I think it's very close but I think LaSalle edges uh, in victory
1: uh not so fast, my friend. No, I, I'm kidding. Um the, I will say that this game is gonna be closer than we think. Um, the their roster seems seems battle tested. I believe the Towson's non conference schedule has like five A ten schools.
0: Yeah, I did see that. It's,
1: it's insane. They play like That's pretty good. St. Bonaventure, Rhode Island, um, George Mason's in there. Like how do they figure that one out? Are they making a push to join the A10? I don't. You know. never know. Regardless, I think that they're going to be battle tested, and and I'm a little nervous about this game. I'm going to put them down as 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 the Tigers are going to win this game. I'm I'm not too hopeful that the Explorers are going to figure this one out. I predict it's going to be a sad, sad trip back
0: from Towson, Maryland. Moving on to the next game. So this is the third CEA game they play. The Delaware Blue Hens on December 19th. The fighting
1: uh, the fighting Joe Bidens. I <laughs> say. Joe Biden at Delaware grad.
0: Um, this is LaSalle's first meeting against the Blue Hens in four years when LaSalle won 74-68. Uh, Delaware is a lot different now. Uh, their leading scorer that game was the guy you'll be very familiar with uh, if you listen, um, if you're a fan of the A-10 schools, is, they had freshman Ryan Daly, and right now we know he's since the talk sits atop hawk hill right now <laughs> leading the, the hawk will never die chance you know he's, he's a very good player for the hawks averaging a little over than 20 points a game and
1: shout out ryan daly he's, he's a beast i am not supposed to like st jones but i but i do like uh, ryan daly i believe he follows me on twitter and i follow him back i'm always team follow back by the way
0: yeah um we'll touch it we'll touch upon ryan daly i um, in the next podcast as we talk about st joe's um I think we played them in the first nine days, but if not, we'll definitely be you, talking about them down the line.
1: I'm going to call uh, this uh, this Delaware game a State of the Union game. This ooh. is going to be okay. – yeah, I know, right? Okay. Let's sound the alarms. Yeah. We are going to see how good these explorers are. I think this is a good report card game. Uh, Delaware's no joke. Um, we've got them in the, our home court. I want to see all every facet of the game portrayed on that court. With Ashley leading the charge. I need a win. If I don't see a win out of the Explorers against the Blue Hens, I'm going to go home and cry and we're not going to be making any sort of play in the offseason. I'm just going to rule it out there. That's a bold statement, I know, but if you can't beat the Blue Hens, you don't belong in any conversations in the A-10. Okay. Um, <laughs>
0: he
1: said, okay. Just like... I mean,
0: I'm not... It's a I big deal think... to me.
1: I don't know why. I'm just. I'm just... I'm just putting this up there. Bulletin board material. This is a big yeah, game. I
0: feel like it's a little too early. I mean. All right, man. Whatever. I don't think these non-conference – I think these non-conference games are big, but I'm very curious. Like, I'm not going to talk about State of the Union until they play some of these heavy hitters in the A-10. Well, I mean, they play so State
1: of the Union only – you know, they, they happen a few times a year, so – this is the uh, first three times of a year. That's what I'm saying. This is the first report card. This is first semester. We're talking about maybe like a trimester. This is the first semester. Okay. So yes, I know we're not going to get our hopes up, but I, if I want to see something, ha- I want a progress report to send home to my to my parents. This is the progress report. Okay. Ashley Howard's been doing great in school. His players are performing well, and they get a B plus. That's what I want to see.
0: So is sell winning this game?
1: Yes, I've got them. Okay, win. I've got okay. them winning, doing pretty good in the first uh, the first semester.
0: Okay, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I I do have them winning this game as well. I don't think it'll be as tough as as you think it is. Um, I think they their team isn't as good. Um, they lost Ryan D- Darling, who averaged almost twenty points a game last year, and will be in the NBA draft. He might be drafted tomorrow night. Uh, it's the NBA draft. Um, And they also lost Justin Munts to Virginia Tech. So I don't think this will be um, as hard a victory as you think it is.
1: All right, man, whatever. We'll see. We'll we'll be tuning in.
0: So I got them at uh, six and one. So I assume you have five and two right now. That's correct. Okay. Uh, Moving on. This is the last conference game. And I believe most likely it will be the most difficult conference game or non-conference game, excuse me. Um, as the sale goes to Maryland on December twenty second in College Park,
1: the Terrapins. The Terrapins. I foresee a blowout favoring the Terrapins. I don't think that. Yeah, yeah I, I hope, mean, uh, kind of agree with you. As hope much as I want more. to see maybe like a, a close game going into the second half, um, I'm not going to be too hopeful here. Sorry, folks. I mean, obviously, I was very positive as as this podcast began. I was declaring an undefeated season, um, but but let's be real. We, we still have a lot of work to do.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, last year the Maryland Tarpens were 24 and 7, and I think, and 14 and 6 in the Big Ten, uh, finishing at like number 12 in the country. Um, it'll definitely be a great battle test for explorers um, as their final test in the non conference. But I feel like it's definitely a nice bridge to have this test before going into 8-10 play. Um, yeah, I think and we- I, mean, I think it'll also be kind of nice for some of those DMV area guys, you know, A.M. Bay Sharif, Scott Spencer, for them to play Maryland, they probably grew up pretty close to it. And for them to play Maryland would be pretty cool. So I'm curious uh, if these guys can step up and um, really have a big game for the Explorers. That's
1: a good point. At the very least, uh, I believe we, we tap the DMV area. We go to Howard. We go to Maryland. We go to Towson. I mean, that area – is definitely a hotbed for recruiting. So at the very least, this is an area that Ashley is going to be hitting hard and, and hopefully bringing in some, uh, some prospects to check out the explorers and just be amazed, be drawn in by the greatness, the future greatness that is the list explorers. So we, we have that to hang our hat on at least if, if we come out of these trips, you know, over.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think this game might not be a complete blowout. Um, Maryland does lose a lot of, like, key pieces. Um
1: What school does they, lose key pieces, though? I that's like true. It's that, how you reload. That's true. It, you got to look at, you know, how these players have grown in, in, in the back, you know, the, the underclassmen is what I'm referring to. Like, these guys, the young gunners were probably four-star, five-star guys, okay? We haven't seen a four-star, yeah, no. five-star guy since Eric Murray, so – we're, we definitely lack, and you know the the the, the power that they have um, on their bench. So that's who's stepping up for them.
0: And you know, a team like Maryland is reloading. You know, they're a pretty big program, and they're getting a lot. They're getting these big time recruits, in. so, like you said, they're really retooling with um, some of these guys. I know um, they're returning some guys like Akeem Hard, who, like you said, um, Roman Catholic and Dot Scott. Um, from Amitabh Charter, um, same school as David Beebe. Um, But, I, I, I mean, I think they're going to lose, too. I'll be realistic. I mean, I know um, I'm, I've been a homer like you, but um, <laughs> I'll say they lose this game maybe by 10, 12 points. So, yeah. Um, so as we break down the non-conference schedule, I got LaSalle at 6-2 and two, um, in the eight games, assuming they play all eight games, you know, with covid that could be halted. Um,
1: yeah, it seems so, like Corona play is all undefeated.
0: These... <laughs> yeah. It
1: seems yeah. like Corona is undefeated. So
0: yeah, you're right. I haven't seen that. T- been taking too many hours. but um, yeah, I'll say six and two if they play all these eight games.
1: I cannot wait for conference play. I cannot wait to break down all these other schools that we're going to be facing in the A10. The first game is UMass. Uh, obviously, we'll we'll give you a full breakdown there, and then we've then we've got Dayton. Right after Maryland game, we got Dayton. So definitely not an easy, easy trip for that one either. So yeah, regardless, I, I know I know that Ashley's going to have our boys ready to play.
0: Yeah, I can't wait for a ten play. I feel like a ten um, is going to be really good this year. There's a lot of good players returning. I, I like I, I know like we were saying a lot of times that um, when we look at the non-conference schedule that a lot of these teams lost a lot of players, but. If you look at the A-10, they returned a lot of key guys. When you look at all the rosters for all the 14 teams, when you go from St. Joe's with Ryan Daly to uh, St. Louis with Jordan Goodwin, Dayton with Jalen Crutcher, um, Kyle Lofton with bottom entries, run the gauntlet, run all 14 teams. They're pretty solid teams. So um, I'm really looking forward to going in and looking at uh, the A-10 conference and playing those teams. So next week we'll be back reviewing the first nine games of the A-10 slate for the Explorers.